You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's a Thursday here on the Blogging the Boys podcast network, and of course that means it's time to get riled up with your man, Tom Ryle and your boy Roy White at RW3 on the social media sphere. You can find Tom at Tom Ryle BTB, both on the Twitter sphere. And of course, you can follow our great work at Blogging the Boys on Twitter, the YouTube page at bloggingtheboys.com for all that fantastic Cowboys content that you can expect. And it never ceases in Cowboys land, Tom, as Despite the fact that the Cowboys season has ended, it feels like the news surrounding them and the pieces associated with them are as bubbling as ever, right? So we'll start by kind of recapping where things stand here on a Thursday as of when this podcast will be released. Dan Quinn finishing his second interview with the Chicago Bears and their new GM, Ryan Poles. Uh, He was one of two candidates who was asked back for a second interview there in Chicago. And if you pay attention to the social media sphere, it feels like Dan Quinn is the number one candidate for not one, not two, but potentially three different organizations. Yeah, I think uh, he's, as as I was mentioning to you before we went live, uh, he definitely is a guy that I think is interviewing the teams as much as they're interviewing him. He is, he probably is as desired as any head coaching candidate right now. And uh, he can have his pick of the jobs uh, with nine vacancies, which is just staggering that there's that many head coaching head coach openings right now. Uh, and none of them have been filled because everyone is taking their time. Um, I think he and probably three or four other guys, you know, like maybe Byron Leftwich and some other people are going to be able to f- pick where they want to land uh, for whatever reasons. Uh, So it's, yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, Looks like Kellen Moore is not included in that select group. And we're going to probably be dealing with him barring some possible changes that we'll talk about later. Uh, So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see where he does land because, you know, of course that means the Cowboys have to kind of, wait before they can go out and start interviewing his replacements. And so it's just, you know, the, the dominoes are very slow tipping over. I did want to mention uh, that I thought it was kind of neat to see that they had not one, but two African-Americans get GM jobs now. Uh, mm-hmm. Poles up in Chicago uh, and the other guy whose name I can't recall right now, but uh, the guy that was actually at the GM for the Vikings, guy. right? Um, yeah. Mawasa, Mawasi. Yeah. Uh, I don't I know just, why I, I shouldn't butcher that, his name attempting to do it, but yeah, I just, I thought it was, uh, 
it was interesting to see that some of the first hires are finally getting some more minority representation, which I think we definitely need to see in the NFL. Um, you know, uh, now the New York Giants uh, in uh, uh, Shane, I believe is how I pronounce his name, um, didn't go that way, but uh, he sounds like he actually might know what he's doing, and I'm not happy about that. <laughs> well, we'll have plenty of time to evaluate what the other teams in the division are doing, but you did mention, you know, Kellen Moore, and, and you said it in a way that I think is reflective of, a, of how a lot of Cowboys fans feeling, at least the reception I'm getting um, as we discuss a little bit of this Sean Payton news, and we'll get to that in a second as well. But the primary feeling that I'm getting from Cowboys Nation is that we're stuck with Kellen Moore. Man, and what I think to myself is, what a horrible situation to be stuck with an offensive coordinator that has led a top-five DVOA offense effectively whenever he's had his star quarterback Um, and even did so this past season when everybody felt like he had a down year as a play caller. And I'm not disputing that he didn't have a down year because, or that he did have a down year because he did. Um, But it's funny to me that reaction, right? Juxtaposed to the Dan Quinn reaction and how people have suggested, Hey, just fire Mike McCarthy and make Dan Quinn the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Now I understand, right? That right now the scales are heavily in Dan Quinn's favor as compared to Kellen Moore, but should they be? Because outside of this defensive performance that he put together for the Cowboys, which, by the way, was heavily influenced by a turnover ratio that, quite frankly, is the most difficult thing to recreate in the NFL. You can't teach turnovers, as they say. While I give Dan Quinn credit for turning around a defense that was porous a season ago, at the same time, as a head coach in Dan Quinn's tenure, He was never a great one, and he had some talent around him there in Atlanta. And to illustrate that fact, I will cite a pro football focus reference article about coaches and their wins above expected from 2009 to 2020. Now, these are head coaches that had to have coached at least five years as a head coach. And sure enough, Dan Quinn, Mike McCarthy, and Sean Payton all made the list. Would you care to guess where Dan Quinn ranked amongst all coaches who coached at least five seasons from 2009 to 2020 in wins above expected. And this is a statistic that they use to basically say, if your talent is the same, what type of difference did you make as a head coach? I'm guessing he came out fairly poorly. You would be correct, but you would have to say he came out the worst amongst all head coaching candidates that qualified in this criteria in terms of wins over expected. In fact, Mm. he had a negative 0.75 wins over expected. Now that number might not seem very high, but when you consider the fact that Bill Belichick and Andy Reid, who sit atop this list, were just uh, just over 1.0 wins above expected, you understand that that's a fairly large gap. 
Now, do mm-hmm. you care to guess where Mike McCarthy and Sean Payton ranked amongst those numbers? Again, if, if Quinn's at the very bottom at about negative three quarters and Bill Belichick and Andy Reid are at the top at, about, at just over one win above expected, Mike McCarthy and Sean Payton, where do you think that ends up? Well, I bet they're pretty close. Surprisingly, they are. Now, I think I say surprisingly there because Cowboys fans don't seem to think that the two are on any type of the same level. In fact, well, that's... people don't seem to think Mike McCarthy's really on any Super Bowl caliber coaching level based on the reactions we've seen over the last week. Well, I just, I mean, their resumes are nearly identical. Um, you know, if, if you just look at grosser measurements, uh, you know, their, their performance in the playoffs, their getting to, uh, getting to the, the conference championship, all that stuff, their records are, are very close to the same record. So I would expect them to have shown up in a more analytical thing being very close uh, just because the results came out so close. So they were fairly um, close. McCarthy, so. 0.4 wins above expected based on his talent, but Sean Payton finished right behind Andy Reid and Bill Belichick mm. at about 0.8 wins over Ooh. expected based on his talent level. Now we'll get into that here in a second as to whether or not Sean Payton's totally worth it. But really I wanted to start with the fact that Dan Quinn, while being highly regarded, does not have the most amazing track record to perhaps warrant the fact that it does seem like he's the lead dog in not one, not two, not three, potentially four head coaching candidate positions. Now, maybe they're also waiting for the likes of Eric Bieniemy to become available there in Kansas City. Uh, you know, D'Amico Ryans is getting a lot of love, the, line, the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers after the win they just had over the Green Bay Packers. So we'll see if other names start to materialize. Yeah. But I, I – I, Admit, right, while I don't want to see Dan Quinn go as a great defensive coordinator, I'm also, like, not totally flipping out over the fact that he may be the head coach, specifically that he may be the head coach of a team within my division. I'm not flipping out about that. Yeah. I I will say that I think he might be a great hire for someplace like the Bears, which is a, a franchise in total disarray. Um, now, do you think they'll I have think, him do a morning walk-in video before the sun rises of him parking his vehicle and saying, let's get <laughs> to work like they did with their new GM on social media, uh, I think, yesterday morning? Uh, I don't know. They might. Um, you know, it's, it's, this, is, this is the hype season where you try to convince a morose fan base that there is new hope coming. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I – I think he might be a good hire for them. It's, you know, how far can he take them then will be the question. And, you know, I guess we're going to find out, Um, you know, he may be, he may be one of those guys that hits that Peter principle thing where he is just absolutely stellar as a defensive coordinator, but he just doesn't translate to a head coach. That is is exactly the phrase I was thinking. For those that don't know, I'm sorry. I always interrupt you, and I apologize for that, Tom. But for the Peter principle, for those who don't know, because that's exactly what I was thinking of when I think of Dan Quinn. Explain that briefly, if you don't mind. 
Yeah, basically it says uh, the, the quick uh, turn, uh, turn of phrase they use is people are always promoted to their level, to, to the level that exceeds their competency. In other words, people are real successful until they finally get too high and they can't quite handle it because the job just gets exponentially harder the higher you go up in the organization. And obviously, and an NFL coaching staff, head coach is the pinnacle. And it's just, look at that. We turned over eight coaches because they were fired for not doing their job well. That's 25% of the league. There are going to be more next year. Uh, and that's, that's just a, a large degree of failure. Uh, it is very difficult. And at any given time, there's probably maybe a dozen that are really good at what they're doing. Um, and of the ones that are really good at what they're doing, it, it may not be a lasting thing. They may get that where everything kind of falls into place and they're able to ride that lightning, but they can't stay on it. So, you know, that, that's why Bill Belichick is such a rare creature. Uh, in the fact that he, you know, had the long run with Tom Brady, which, you know, in Tom Brady, he had the luckiest player of all times. And it just seemed that all the breaks went their way. Then he turned around, went through one down year, got a fairly unheralded, you know, a, a, a late first round rookie quarterback and got back into the playoffs. I mean, Belichick just, you know, it's, I mean, uh, the devil must have valued his soul very highly because he did <laughs> such a deal on it. <laughs> There's no one like him, right? And no, there really is no one like him. And it's because of him that we look for the golden goose at the head coaching position that is going to make that turnaround that makes everybody on your team better, right? Mm -hmm. Simply by being the head coach can you make a tangible improvement on every player on your team, right? Not just the quarterback, not just the offense, not just the defense, not just the special teams. And unfortunately, those guys are few and far between, but, you know, I think the yeah. league is willing to almost look under any rock possible, right, in order to find that guy, I guess, uh, to a certain extent, as long as they fit a particular mold, at least up to this point, that has been yeah. the case. <laughs> And, and to be honest, I'm not sure that that's not kind of a myth. You know, it, it's just a lot of hard work. You don't just elevate everybody, you know, by being there in the building and talking to your players and all that stuff. Well, no, um, I don't – like, I agree with what you're saying and just being there, right? But there's a mm -hmm. knowledge factor that's, that's handed down to Bill Belichick – like, from Bill Belichick teams, right? Historically, right? He's better mm – -hmm amongst the league leaders in terms of his team being penalized, right? Um, he adds an aspect to the scheme of his team mm -hmm. that has made tangible differences over the course of, you know, several seasons that you can, like the layman can see, right? Oh, wow. They're, uh, you know, inst instituting a, a seven-man front when, you know, last week they were playing three down linemen, right? And, and really like, dime coverage for the most part um there bill belichick's willing to make those changes and do those things that 
you know, some are not quite honestly a criticism that came of Kellen Moore this season, right? Was that mm-hmm. he didn't make enough adjustments to what he saw in front of him. Yeah. yeah. Belichick's greatest strength may be the fact that he's not married to anything he does. He's willing to try whatever he thinks it'll take. And, uh, that's just not true. You know, we certainly saw in the Jason Garrett era, you know, they, they had a way they were going to do it. They were going to do it that way, win, lose, or draw. And unfortunately that meant a lot more losing than we were happy with. Um, and I think that's one, another reason Belichick stands out is he's rare in that aspect. Most coaches, by the time you get to be the head coach in the NFL, you pretty much convinced yourself that you're smarter than just about anybody in the world about football and your ideas are better than everybody else's ideas. And it's hard for the human ego to get away from that. And for some reason, Belichick, who certainly has an ego is able to let go of things and say, okay, now this is what we're going to do. And it's just, I think it's just mainly the man is, has such a grasp. If you've ever read some of the things where he explains things, he just, that's uh, one of the greatest football minds ever. Uh, As the game becomes increasingly complex, it's still trying to catch up to him. (laughs) Well, you mentioned in that about how NFL head coaches, once they ascend to that position, they oftentimes show a, a, almost have a air of arrogance, right? That they know the game better mm-hmm. than anybody else possibly could. And when Mike McCarthy came to the Dallas Cowboys and had his opening day press conference, you know, I thought he actually came across as not arrogant, but almost kind of willing to look at his own flaws, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what his entire offseason had been about, right? His basically his entire pitch to the Cowboys was that I've evaluated what I do incorrectly and I know how to fix it going forward. Fast forward to the end of the 2021 season and you point out something in regards to Mike McCarthy that quite honestly, I cannot argue with because I feel it too. And that is that Mike McCarthy and one of your biggest issues with him is that his arrogance really crept into his press conference briefings as the season, you know, kind of progressed and really have not let up even since in his post-season discussions. Yeah, that the the thing was that he once again when talking about his future because a lot of people were saying they were done with him already at that point in social media and he basically said, I know how to win Super Bowls. I know how to. And it's like, okay, dude, you didn't know how to get the most talented roster this team has probably ever seen. Uh, you didn't come up with a way to fix the offense. As a matter of fact, he threw Kellen Moore under the bus, basically saying that that's Kellen's thing. He did that. That's all him. Uh, when he was supposed to be an offensive-minded coach. And even if he wasn't going to overmanage Kellen Moore, there was still a need for some intervention, some problem-solving, some trying to figure out what's going wrong, and you at least don't get the impression that there was a whole lot of that going on. 
you know, the tales about McCarthy getting a massage while they're doing uh, installs for the games when he was up in Green Bay uh, suddenly seem a lot more credible as we, we brought up on the live stream from uh, Tuesday night uh, at Blogging the Boys with RJ and Tony Catalina and Dan Rogers. Has that Sturch, ever been corroborated Aiden. that he actually did that or was that just rumored? That was what some players said, my understanding is. So just somebody – the thing is, after he – his demeanor and the way he was communicating uh, at the end of and after the season, it seemed really believable, you know. And so that's all – that I don't don't know for sure, but it it sounds a lot more plausible than you would have thought, so – well, it's, it's a bit of a problem, and now he's got another problem. Doesn't he? he may, yeah, it's like he is almost – He is. it's like how can you say you're a lame duck without saying you're a lame duck? Well, in his case, it's Sean Payton. <laughs> Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity – But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, in his own backyard, right? And for those that don't know or don't live in the DFW area, and by the way, if you're listening to this podcast anywhere outside of Dallas, we'd love to hear from you. Um, I'd like to give a shout-out to the folks that are listening to this podcast halfway around the world. If there are any of them out there, Tom got a nice note from a gentleman in Denmark at one point. So uh, we'll love to hear from you if you're out there. But um, for those that aren't familiar with the DFW area, Sean Payton and his family have owned a home in the South Lake area, which is a suburb of Northwest Dallas, right? It's right about 20 minutes Northwest of Dallas, right in between Dallas, Fort Worth and very close to where the Cowboys used to reside at Valley Ranch. Now, the Cowboys have since moved their operation to Frisco, which is further north, almost directly north of Dallas proper. And it, you know, it's about 20, 30 minutes away from where South Lake is today. But with that being said, right, that is a hop, skip, and a jump away from Sean Payton. And that's a five-minute helicopter flight for Jerry Jones. So if the two of them would like to have a conversation over the next calendar year – they will easily be able to do so as Peyton buys his time and potentially weighs his options, right? I mean, he can take a TV gig and make twice the money at a quarter of the work, right? And then have his pick of where he would like to end up. 
But for Mike McCarthy, right, he does have to sit with that. Now, some would say and argue that for Mike McCarthy, well, then what reason would he have to give his all to this season, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Is this the carrot or the whip? In this case, this is the whip, right, to Mike McCarthy stating, if you don't win a Super Bowl or get to the Super Bowl, you are probably bye-bye. And that's where I think things stand, right? They won't make a move this offseason. So if anybody's expecting that Mike McCarthy is going to be gone, I just don't think that's the way the Joneses operate anymore. They try very hard not to make that one- or two-year major change at the head coaching position, right? Yeah. And there's probably also some opposition in the front office about how much Sean Payton would make a difference. Jerry on one side, thinking very firmly that Sean Payton would make all the difference. And Steven on the other, advocating for Mike McCarthy, who some suggest is friendly with Steven Jones, more so than perhaps a you know vice president and a coach might be with one another. So all those things do come into play. And for me, I actually consider it to be the best case scenario of what they can and should do i think they should give mike mccarthy the opportunity to fix some of these issues i think kellen moore deserves a little bit of leeway of course we're mad at him now right but with the entire offseason to look back at the mistakes that he made i expect him to perhaps be even better than his number one ranked dvoa offense was in 2021 And if he delivers on that promise, then you have a star in the offensive coordinator position. Now, I guess none of that matters if they don't win something significant because if McCarthy's out and Sean Payton comes in, then you assume Sean Payton takes over the offense. But again, I think that's a fantastic plan B, but I'm not ready to completely pull the plug on the original plan, which I thought made some sense and still feel makes sense. Yeah. I think it's going to come down to how angry uh, is Jerry Jones in particular and you know maybe Steven with what happened because they have to know that it's going to be that the roster is just almost certainly not going to be as strong uh, this fall. It can't uh, be. It can't be. They've got too many people hitting free agency. They, uh, even if Stephen Jones was willing to spend a lot more, he there's not enough cap space to possibly get all the people they'd like to get. Uh, Which, by the way, is just, another reason why I would not trade to make the Sean Payton deal happen, which we didn't really discuss, but Sean Payton still being under contract with the Saints would require compensation from the Cowboys. Right. And if you fire Mike McCarthy first, then they have all the leverage. So what are you going to do but give them a first round pick? And I don't want to see them give up a first round pick when I know that first round pick could be Michael Parsons next running mate. It could be or it could be that stud uh, left guard that they've been lacking. Uh, You know, there's a there's it looks like a very good draft for offensive line talent, even if they don't get it the first. Uh, there's some good talent down in day two, but to me, it all, you know, 
um, I put together an article that should be going up about the time that this goes live uh, today. It's it, there's just a dysfunction in Dallas. It's it's a unique situation, and we've already touched on some of the things. Um, we've got Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones are kind of pulling apart in some ways, in some areas, uh, with, with the Peyton McCarthy thing being just uh, the latest example. Uh, you know, Jerry Jones is still the owner. You know, he owns the team himself. Uh, his children stand to inherit, but he owns the team right now, which means he's got the final say. But Stephen Jones has been doing about like 90, 95% of the GM work for some time now. He's the guy that actually is doing the day-to-day nuts and bolts things. Um, and yet you've, you've, you've got this very dysfunctional thing. This is, this is a distraction for the Cowboys. And like with everything, when it's the Cowboys, it's a bigger distraction than anywhere else. Uh, you've got the media glare, uh, the, the, the America's team thing, the, the love-hate relationship that America has with the team. Uh, and so everything that happens just gets blown out of proportion. And it all comes back to how dysfunctional the opera organization is because of Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones having this unique role as the active GMs and not just being active as the GMs, they have to do it out in the spotlight. Uh, they both have weekly radio hits that they do to come out. I can't think of any other uh, organization where the owners do that much, not just one of them, but two of them, and talk about so much that probably would be better kept just inside the building. You know, okay, you know, we're, we're weighing our options and we need to keep our thinking to ourselves and we don't want to poison the waters. They just tend to kind of go on and say more than they should. They, they think they're playing coy about things, but it's so easy to read through them after, after list, listening to them and reading what they said for mm-hmm. years. And so you've got this just strange organization where these guys have huge egos, you know, billionaires have big egos and there, there are no billionaires. I think that get as much media time as Jerry Jones does, you know, in, in the whole world of billionaires, who else has his weekly spots on radio? Who, who else has people sticking microphones in his face, uh, right after, you know, or during, you know, the, the most watched TV events on the, uh, in the United States. Uh, it's just, it, it it's, it's a, a, a unique situation and not in a good way. Yeah. That, and, that's the emphasis, right? Because in the end, right. And this is why I'm, you know, I could be, talked in and I can make the argument for Sean Payton, how he could help, right? How he could make things better. But in the end, whoever comes here is still going to have to deal with this circus. And this circus is running 24 seven. The circus never stops. 
because yeah. as long as Jerry and Steven are speaking on a weekly basis, the Cowboys will always be talked about on a national level because every single week, ESPN, Yahoo, every sports show across the country, right, takes those sound clips. Anything that Jerry says, one of his Jerryisms, right? Circumcising a mosquito, or you know, two crickets Boy, on, a, yeah, whatever crickets ass what, that he throws out there, right? Um, all those things are fun and and fun to hear, but it's also why I now side with the fans who say that the Joneses don't truly care about winning football. And I know they put on a good show for the media, right? Jerry gets upset. Man, he's had all this time to, to, to you know, soften it up and, you know, perhaps prepare himself for the questions he's going to be asked on his radio show. And he still is. He's so angry. This is exactly what we want to hear. Well, you know what? A salesman knows exactly what the hell you want to hear. And Jerry, many times over, has proven that behind closed doors, he acts way different than he does in the public. And when he's in the public, he's highly aware of how he's being perceived. And for that reason, right, while he will slam the table about how we need to get better and I'm willing to make all the changes, the one change I'm not willing to make, defer on all, on all aspects of football decision-making. And as long as that arrogance is in place, and it's a, you know, it's a dead horse to beat on this podcast. It's been talked about for 30 years here in the Metroplex. But to have that ongoing, right, this is an issue that no coach potentially can fix, right? Mm-hmm. Jimmy yeah, that's- winning Super Bowls was barely able to navigate it until it ultimately led to him leaving the team entirely right that that's why i think people need to to slow a little slow down a little bit about thinking that sean payton is just automatically going to take the job because Mm. there's a strong evidence of as i termed it circumstantial evidence that decisions about how the roster is used are being forced on the coaching staff. The specific example is an injured Ezekiel Elliott was still getting most of the carries over a younger, cheaper, more dynamic, more effective Tony Pollard. I have a hard time fathoming that that was the coaches deciding that of their own volition. I have to think some of that was being pushed down because of Ezekiel Elliott's contract. Would Sean Payton be willing to do that? Would he come in and say, I have to have control over my roster? You figure out how to pay people, but I'm going to tell you who starts and who sits. And if I say we need to get rid of somebody, we're going to get rid of them. Can Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones sign up for that? I has my doubts. Mm-hmm. And so as long as they're not, does Sean Payton really want to walk in? He had 
a lot of control over the roster. I think he pretty much had control over the roster in New Orleans. Um, he absolutely very- did. And his record there, quite frankly, at least from a draft perspective, not outstanding. Yeah, which is where this could be a good situation because if he, as uh, you know, the way the ideal way I believe that should be done is that the coaching staff should sit down every year and say, okay, here's what we need. Here's where our, here's what we are going to do offensively and defensively. Here is the kinds of players we need to do that. Here's where the greatest needs are. And then turn it over to Will McClay or somebody like that and let them go out and get the players. Don't get wrapped up in things like they don't fit our physical profile. That's garbage. Can they play football? When you're looking at draftees, did they get the job done in college especially if they were playing uh, in, in top flight division one programs, were they getting the job done on the field? Don't worry about how they measured at the combine. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes had some bad measurements. I think his speed was a question mark. Well, if you watched him in the game against the Buffalo bills, that guy is fast. He's got football speed and that's where, the combine really needs to rethink things. You know, it's, it's, I think the biggest value the combines has are the medicals and a chance for players to talk to the coaching staffs and the, the, the personnel people. Um, I think the drills need to be rethought. They, there's a lot of question marks about whether they're really telling people what they need to, what the, what the teams need to know. But um, I'm just not sure that uh, Peyton and the Joneses could see eye to eye on enough. Um, it would take, I believe, a real change in how the Joneses do business. I don't know if they're capable of doing that because of those egos, because they absolutely love the limelight. They love being celebrities. They're too much in love with being celebrities. Um, and, and, like you said, it's an ongoing problem. So um, there's a lot of layers to this onion on what's going to happen at head coach for the Dallas Cowboys. And it's, uh, you know, it's not as simple as people think. And we're going to have to watch. Um, I'm like you. I don't think that Sean Payton is going to get offered the job this year. Um, well, they can't I don't offer rule him. I mean, out. again, they can't offer him the job without offering – the saints compensation. And now that you're in the off season and the next event is the NFL draft, mm-hmm. right? It's not the time to do it because this is where honestly, like people wind up spending way more in draft picks than they should because we're right around draft season, right? A player that might get a first or second now is probably getting a third or fourth there in August because at that time, drafts aren't at a premium, right? But now we're in draft season and evaluation season. It's just there would make no, there would be no sense in, in trading for Sean Payton. But this is where the year of courting and being a stone's throw away, right? Being able to come over for a barbecue in the evening and maybe not talk about football, but just hang with the Joneses family because we know how much they enjoy being very personable with their friends, right? 
Um, Tony Romo as an example there, but of course Sean mm-hmm. Payton would be involved in that. I, I fully expect them to probably uh, be seen together in public in some capacity, which funny enough, like we're just talking about a couple of dudes, but if that happened in Dallas and that is seen, what a stir that's going to cause. Oh yeah. They almost have to meet in secret. They can't meet for coffee without that becoming a massive national story that the two of them meet together. So for Mike McCarthy, the pressure is on for Sean Payton. You hang tight, you get ready there in, in South Lake. And, and I think that'll ultimately be the way that it goes. But in the end, Tom, you and I both agree the problems that exist in Dallas today will exist in Dallas tomorrow and will exist in Dallas as long as the Joneses are in charge. It's true. What do you want me to do? Disagree? No, that's, that's exactly that, right. It's kind of a realization that I think Cowboys fans have to allow to wash over themselves and understand that that is always going to be a factor. And that's why I also kind of preach don't jump to conclusions that the next option is a better option than the one that you're currently in, right? Mm-hmm. Than the one you currently have. Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy, all those, I think, as examples there that potentially deserve a little bit more seasoning. Certainly in Kellen's case, maybe not so much in Mike McCarthy's. He's had plenty of seasoning over the years without question. So those are my thoughts on the coaching circle that the Cowboys find themselves in this time next week, Tom, I fully expect Dan Quinn to have landed somewhere and perhaps the Cowboys will have made some decisions on their next coaching moves, right? Assuming they've got to find a defensive coordinator, Joe Witt in-house name to keep in mind, perhaps they go outside the organization. Although I think it's highly more likely that they stay inside the organization because it's also going to be hard to convince somebody from the outside to come into this type of situation, right? Well, I, uh, where Mike McCarthy stands. Do you agree? I'll take the other side of that bet because I just oh. think there is a cachet, you know, eat at the coaching level. When you come to Dallas, you're a star. You're going to get a lot of attention. Um, and there's some very attractive people. My favorite candidate would be Vic Fonjo for one simple reason. He told people he figured out how to stop the Cowboys offense and he stopped them cold. He'd be worth hiring just so he can come in and tell Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott how to not have that happen. Show them what he did and tell them, here's how you beat the defense that tries to do it to you again. But uh, we'll see. At least I I expect by this time, we're most likely we're going to be talking about the, the search for defensive coordinator because I figure it won't have finalized and we'll be able to bandy some names about. We'll talk defensive coordinators. We'll, of course, talk personnel, right? Who do the Cowboys need to replace? Who's going to be gone? Who do they need to consider cutting? We'll get into all those things as the offseason progresses, but we got a lot of time for that. And right now, the coaching rumors surrounding the Dallas Cowboys are extremely hot, especially with the, uh, the news from Mike Florio. Take it with a grain of salt that uh, the Cowboys <laughs> attempted to get Sean Payton just a couple of years ago back in I hear he's got it on videotape. <laughs> Great reference. Now, ah, 
man, I am at a weird crossroads in terms of that reference. Of course, referencing the infamous Des Bryant video that reportedly was rumored to be out there in which the claim was that Des was videotaped in a Walmart parking lot doing something fairly unseemingly to a, a female and may have been charged fairly significantly for that. Now, Forio claims that there was a tape that existed out there. Of course, there's decent evidence to support his cons- conspiracy theory, right? I do just want to say there is def- decent evidence there. When you put the pieces together, Jerry Jones's connections to Walmart, uh, obviously an Arkansas-based organization, that has their main headquarters there. The fact that those videos in that time frame was requested. And unfortunately at the time, Walmart claimed that their video service was unavailable, that they were doing repairs on their videos within the, uh, those grounds. So, I mean, I'm sorry to take so much of this to recap that particular story, but um, because I remember reporting on that, on the air, on our radio show in the morning there on the flagship. And we got a lot of flack for that too. And there were other pieces of information that came to us from local folks, you know, questionable as to the credibility of them, right? So we never ran with them, but there were other pieces of information that came out about that that went to the credibility of what Mike Florio was alluding to with that report. So the 2019 Sean Payton report, I don't, I don't wholly dismiss it. I think like some may with, yeah, I, I don't dismiss it. Um, I, I would question how, how it played out. Would you really pass up on something just because the other sports franchise you had was losing their star player, I, that that's weird. Um, I'm I'm wondering how far along it actually was. I I don't question that there probably was evidence of trying to get something done on the Cowboys' part, uh, and and I, I think it's been well established that that Jerry Jones has a thing about Sean Payton. Uh, don't know if Stephen shares it, but. As you said, we probably are going to have at least a year to keep that this story is going to keep percolating. Yeah. Oh, at least a year. And this will be a a very hot topic this time next season if the Cowboys don't find themselves in a deep postseason run. Well, I'll leave you with this, right? Sean Mm -hmm. Payton's last four postseason runs. Here is how they ended. And stop me if you've heard this before, but in 2017, Sean Payton's postseason was cut short on the Minneapolis miracle. That was a catch by a receiver down the field who then lateraled it to Stefan Diggs, And he ran in for a touchdown against the saints in 2018. He lost on a missed pass interference call pass interference play that most folks agreed should have been called but was not ousted from the playoffs. In 2019, he lost a coin flip in overtime to the Minnesota Vikings. He didn't get the ball again, and he was ousted. And in 2020, Jared Cook 
and the Saints were up seven. He fumbled the ball away. They wound up losing that game and got bounced. So Sean Payton's last four postseason runs, quite honestly, that's as Cowboys as anything I've heard in regards to Sean Payton, right? So if if anything, he would fit the bill of how a Cowboys head coach typically bows out of the playoffs. Now we know where he gets all his bad luck from. It's all the bad luck that Tom Brady doesn't get. (laughs) Well, thank goodness, Tommy boy. uh, We'll see how that one's going to go as well. That'll be interesting. But a lot of stuff to talk about here this offseason. It will not stop here on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. Of course, you can check out all the fantastic podcasts by just hitting that subscribe button. Uh, Of course, we will keep you riled up every Thursday with my man Tom Ryle. I'm your host, Roy White. Follow me at RW3 on Twitter. Follow him at Tom BTB. And of, of course, follow at Blogging the Boys on the Twitter sphere and bloggingtheboys.com for all your Cowboys content. Stay riled up on the Cowboys, and we'll see you next week. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.